I was just talking to a friend the other day and she was like, oh yeah, um, I just met this guy and he, he called me the other day and he was like, oh, his car was down, could he use my car to work? I said, that's not a man. That's right. I said, because a real man gonna figure out how, how to get there without get your car. Done. He gonna figure out if he gotta take the bus, ride a bike, you know, take an Uber, fix the, <laughs> fix the car himself. Yep. She was like, oh, Reverend Deborah, I didn't think about that. I said, a man's gonna handle his business. Welcome to the Fall Estate. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Click the Patreon link in the description to support our work, all right? So thank you very much. I have with me today Pastor Deborah Mann, and she is the senior pastor of Wahoo Ruach. Ruach. Christian Community Fellowship Church in Los Angeles, California. And she's also the founder and CEO of Virtuous Woman, Inc. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me today, I Jesse. totally appreciate it. Thank you. How have you been dealing with all this Chinese virus situation? Well, it's been a lot. It's been very, very interesting. The COVID-19 has affected um, the black church in a huge way. Uh, it's just... No day is the same, literally. It's amazing, huh? Yes, no day is the same. So you had to make some serious adjustments, huh? Well, we had to make a lot of adjustments. For us, we're a small church. We're, we are not considered um, a mega church. Right. So a lot of my members are seasoned. You know, I have a lot of older members who are having a very difficult time adjusting with right. the virtual um, sermons, the virtual meetings. And when we, when the governor had shut the churches completely, um, I, it, I, my membership just almost dropped a lot yeah. versus a lot of the new members that joined since I've been, I've only been the senior pastor. I was appointed to the church a year and four months now. So um, the newer members are younger, so they had no problem with the virtual. And then a lot of my mid-age retirees, but my older members, they struggle with it very much because they really like that one-on-one -on -one yeah. fellowship, being able yeah. to come and see one another at church. So once we, um, some of the restrictions were released where you can have smaller groups like eight to 10, right now I have like six members that come on Sunday and then all the rest of the members, like 70, they do virtual. Amazing. So it's been, it's been hard. Uh, even with a lot of my pastor friends that are, some of them have mega churches or smaller, larger churches, we have this conversation about like, I don't want to pastor no more. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do this anymore yeah. because it just seems so, it, it, it seems like the spiritualness of um, the church is leaving because you're, a lot of my pastor friends are pre-recording. They're like, oh, Deborah, you should pre-record. I'm not pre-recording anything. Yeah. I want to be live. I yeah. want the people to know that the sermon was worked on the proper way. I don't want them to think that things are changing because everything is virtual. So it, it's been interesting. It's been different. Um, I went to the church yesterday um, to do Bible study and just being in the empty church doing Bible study just feels very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, uh, oh, so this thing will probably end after the election. You think it'll all go away? I hope so. Yeah. I yeah, because I, I miss my members. Yeah, I bet. Mm -hmm. What is the virtuous woman? 
The Virtuous Woman Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 that was founded in 2007. In 2007, I had begun to do some work with runaway missing girls. Mm -hmm. I began to work with the juvenile halls and some of the juvenile courts around becoming a voice for young girls that had either been incarcerated for being a high risk or chronic runaway or victims of human sex trafficking. And what the word virtues, what does that mean? It means, so for us, it means, well, we know it's biblical. So it's in the Bible in the book of Proverbs, chapter um, 31, verse 10 through 31. What does it say? I can't re recite all 21, <laughs> <laughs> but moreover, it, yeah, it, it speaks of how your moral character and behavior as a female should be um, viewed uh, oh, okay. from other people watching you. So we teach them our motto for the Virtuous Woman Inc. is to respond, to recover, and to rebuild. So we work very hard with young girls who have become a part of the Department of Children and Family Services and Juvenile Probation between the ages of 12 to 21 to rebuild their life from severe trauma and victims of human sex trafficking. So these are young girls that have been um, coerced or manipulated into becoming sex workers as children. Oh, I see. And uh, you said 18 to 21? No, 12 to 21. Oh, really? 12 years old. And so some of these girls, have they been, uh, are they like locked up somewhere? How are they being used as human trafficking? Well, I mean, what do they, how, yeah, how are they being used? So in the domestic, you have two type of trafficking trafficking you have international trafficking and you have domestic trafficking so in the state of california we deal with domestic trafficking which means that kids are trafficked locally within their own communities and they're not locked up they're just unfortunately victims of the environment that they live work and worship in every day do they know they're being used for that they've been trafficking mm -hmm. around for sex not in the beginning oh they don't realize that's what's going on mm -mm. amazing mm -hmm. and the word virtues, does that mean virgin? No, absolutely not. Oh, uh, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It does not mean virgin. I mean, you know, we, uh, we do talk about purity and celibacy um, once the girls are actually in the program. Right now, I have a 12-bed facility where we offer 24-hour residential care and therapeutic um, services on site to oh, these good. kids. Yeah. So, so they we can encourage there? them. Yeah, that, they live there. Right on. Yeah. That's nice. Mm -hmm. What um, What's the key cause of the trauma? What type of trauma are they going through? Well, there's a, a lot of different um, areas of trauma, Jesse, that they struggle with. Many of the, of the girls that we deal with, it really has started from their families. Yeah. Many of them struggle with um, substance abuse in the home, physical and mental abuse in the home. Mostly all the, um, and boys are included in this as well, but I only work with girls. Right. But many of my girls have been sexually assaulted, raped, molested by family members for years. And then when they became a certain age, like 9, 10, 11, they began to, you know, speak out or they began to act out. And then when they act out, they, the parents don't really deal with it, and then they begin to run away. So there's a lot of different things that go on. And then even in, I have one young lady that is um, housed with me now, 
and she just turned 13 and her mom left her and her baby brother in a hotel um, when she was six and he was three. So for a week, she was in the motel with her little brother, not knowing that the mom, you know, waiting for the mom to come back. And from six years old up until she was actually put in the system, like seven months later, she was taking care of her three-year-old brother. And that introduced her into uh, trafficking because she was on the street with her little brother. So of course, when people take you in, yeah. they're manipulating you, they're abusing you and different things like that. So she's learned the streets at six years old. Are these uh, um, all races or just Absolutely, blacks? all you races. You deal with all races? Mm -hmm. Right now I have a, a combination of Latino, um, African-American, and Caucasian girls that I house right now. So do you deal with them spiritually or physically? Both. Both? Mm -hmm. Amazing. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, how did you become a... a Pastor, did you have to go to school to be a pastor? Yes, oh. so I went to several schools, um, Bible colleges, to, but I wasn't going to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people, I don't know. So you were going to pastor school, but not to be a pastor? I was going to Bible college because it was just a desire of mine to be um, well read in the word of God. That was, oh. it was personal. I always have desire to know about the prophetic gifts, about, you know, theology and the background and oh, the I roots see. of the Bible. But through that, I just started developing into ministry. So I've been in ministry for 17 years and I was appointed to be a pastor a year and a half ago. When the, when the appointment first came, I refused it. So... So you were appointed to be a pastor by another church? By another pastor. They're like, hey, come over here, Deborah. I want you to be a preacher. I want you to be the pastor, yes. Really? Mm -hmm. Is it weird being a lady and being a pastor? Absolutely. It's weird being a female minister. Not, yeah. And being a pastor can be even more challenging. I bet. Mm -hmm. um, so you weren't called by God to do it? You just went to school? No, I, I feel I was called by God to be a study of the word. I think that ministry calls you. You don't call yourself to ministry. Uh, my ministry, I tell people all the time when they ask me how I got into ministry, it was more organic. Um, you can understand, Jesse, you seem like a person where people like just tell you all this stuff and you don't ask. So for years, people will always come to me but when they were having problems with their kids right. or if they needed advice on business or needed advice on this. And it just really developed into a ministry. So oh, years see. ago, even before I became licensed, I used to have small groups at my house and different things like that. Then we start having Bible study together and it just developed from there. Oh, I got you. Um, where did this idea come from where women think that God called it? Cause there are a lot of women now, especially black women, who are pastors and bishops and manly why? stuff. I don't know why they... I, where, where they get this idea that God would call them to be the head of a church? You know, we I have had a lot of different conversations about that. Uh, for me, I think that it is what you feel spiritually that is happening in your life. For me, I never wanted to pastor, and I could just be very transparent. If my members were here, they would tell you every right. other Sunday, I tell them I don't want to pastor anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Right. I'm like, I don't want to be a pastor. Um, and I think that uh, people that um, 
feel that they are called, if that's what you feel, I, I don't try to judge you or take that away from you. But I think that a female pastor running a church needs to have a male, a husband or have a male pastor. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm a single woman and a single pastor. So that makes my personal life even that much more harder. <laughs> I bet. So I don't know why anybody would just, you know. Have you told other women that God don't call women to preach? No, because all of, to be honest with you, all of my, most of the majority of my friends are female pastors, but what they're the? all, but they're all married. Really? I'm like, it's like myself and maybe two other of us that are single. All the rest of them are married. They are weak husbands, huh? No, their husbands are pa pastor with them. But a real man wouldn't let his wife be a pastor. Why? Because it's not the order of God. I think it's the changing of. I think it's the changing of the times where people um, are allowing the gifts of females to be used more in the church. I'm a part of a, a organization called the Greater Church of Deliverance. It's a network of church, a whole bunch of churches that come together. And one thing that the founder. Um, Bishop um, is doing Bishop Marshall is he's uh, he's putting a lot of the women ministers in the forefront of the, what the? Yeah. What's wrong with him? You have to ask him. Ask that man what's wrong with him. <laughs> you have to ask him. So he's putting the women to lead the men? No, to lead a lot of the different ministries of the like group. different departments mm -hmm. in the church. And but, he's making some bishops. I hope they don't want to make me a bishop. Is I don't want to be a bishop. Mm -hmm. He black? Mm -hmm. He black. Yeah. And so um, so you're not married? No. Any children? Yes. Really? From my previous, from my divorce marriage, yes. Oh, you've been married before? 17 years. What happened? We just grew apart. You were too tough to deal with? No. He's older than no. me. No. You weren't too tough to deal with? No. You, so your husband know how to, knew how to deal with you, your ex? Yeah. So why you guys not still together then? We grew apart. What, is, what does that mean? He's older than me. I was young. He's supposed to be older than you. He's much more older than me. Like way older than you? Well, he's almost 70. I'm 50. Oh. So we were, you know, I was 20-something. He was 40-something. Yeah. So, why so you, we just grew apart. Why did you get involved with such an old man? He lied about his age. Oh, he did? Yeah. Amazing. He didn't look older. How many kids you have? Three. And so are they close to him? Daddy's nice. kids. Right on. Yeah. 32, 29, and 25. Nice. What do you think about this whole uh, Black Lives Matter stuff that's going on right now? Well, for me, I think all lives matter. Um, I, I do support Black Lives Matter, but I some of the stuff that they do, I don't necessarily agree with. Not that I support it, but I don't think, I think that we have enough division going on in the world as yeah. a whole. Yeah. And sometimes when we put too much energy on one particular race, it brings more negativity to what is already going on. Absolutely. I agree with the law enforcement should not, you know, be just so easy to pull the trigger on males and females and different things like that. But we also um, have to, it's kind of almost like having a conversation about the gay community to me, um, because other races are being killed as well in yeah. the same way. 
but because there are other races is dealt with differently um, because I am um, with the work that I do. I deal with law enforcement a lot. Yeah. So I know that there are other races like Latinos and um, some Caucasians, depending on what area they live in, are going through a lot of the same exact thing that Absolutely. blacks are going through. Yeah. So I really try not to get in the Black Lives Matter conversation because I am black, but we need to govern a little more around law enforcement. I am um, close with a lot of the LAPD um, higher level ranking officers that come out of the corporate office with Chief McDonald. And I have been a part of a lot of the law enforcement conversations around how to redirect law enforcement within the city of Los Angeles around our urban communities. Black Lives Matter was founded by a bunch of fat black radical lesbians, right? Mm -hmm. Who... You something else, Jesse. What do you mean? <laughs> And your point. <laughs> <laughs> and your point. Um, they they are Marxist. Mm -hmm. They hate God. They, they hate the family, right. nuclear family. They yeah. hate everything that's good. Right. Are you surprised to see anyone follow lesbians? I never thought that I would see American follow fat, black, radical lesbians. I think that bad. You're going to get it. So, what do you mean? I think that. <laughs> How am I going to get it? You're funny. I think <laughs> that um, the LGBTQ community has just become a little more exposed because it's. We have to understand that anytime money is put behind any type of industry, yeah. it now becomes acceptable. Yeah. So, when you have a. Uh, What's his name um, that was married to the Kardashian woman? And, you know, he decides he wants to be. Oh, that Bruce Jenner Bruce, man? Yeah, yeah, Bruce Jenner. When, so when these things start happening, Absolutely. now it becomes more acceptable. When every time we turn on the television, you cannot watch a regular show without a gay scene. I when know. When we're looking at commercials, you have two men walking dogs together, holding hands. So I don't, I don't think that they necessarily are following them because they're gay. I think that the um, community has become so accepted that people just accepted it. Yeah. That's what I think. I was watching one of, uh, a little show on Oprah's network one day called... Um, she got some interesting ones. Uh, no. What's wrong with Oprah? It's called The Rich, The House to Have Not. Mm -hmm. You seen that show? Uh-huh, I watched it. And when she, uh, one day they had this scene come up where they with had her a, son. Where they had a black gay son, guy mm -hmm. having sex Jeffrey, with a, yeah, with the white guy. With a white guy, and they the were nurse. having it in the bed like man and woman. Absolutely. He laid up there with his legs Hey, on. hey, hey. <laughs> and the daddy walked in and caught him. And almost threw up. Yeah, you saw that? Yeah. And then the daddy was upset. He left home with his pajamas on. Yeah. Yeah. And the daddy said, um, I don't mind him being gay, but I, I don't, don't want to see, see it. it. Right. <laughs> Right. How come Oprah, is Oprah a Christian? I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I could not answer that question. I honestly don't know. Is she spiritual? I believe so. But I've never really seen her confess whether she was Christian. I know that she, you know, has a lot of um, connections with a lot of different types of faiths. Yeah. Um, I know that she's um, dealt with science of the mind. She does. You know, she's an entrepreneur, so I don't, I know yeah. she's spiritual, but I when don't you know say if spirit she's spirit be like of Satan? 
No, I don't think I don't think so. Well, I think she believes in God. Do you really? Yeah. How can you believe in God and expose that kind of stuff in a public way, knowing that it's not right? Well, it's almost saying that I can't allow gay people in my church, and I'll be. But you won't be you. going along with it if you. I won't be going along you with it. But you're supposed I have to, to let them in your church, right? And you're not supposed to hate anyone right. either. I have to minister to them just as well. Right. But I have to be also transparent with you. One of my daughters is gay. Really? And she's a stud. Oh. And she was she was turned out by she's a celebrity chef, and she was turned out by a chef that trained her. So I still have to love my daughter right, don't exactly the same. I can't now. Yeah. Does it bother me like when she comes with girls to the house? At first it did, but now it's like this is what she chooses to do. So I have to love her and whoever she loves in that same manner. But you still don't agree. Mm, she, she knows that you I don't, don't agree. agree with it. Right. You just don't hate her. I still her love her. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't expose it on TV. No, like they can't in, spend a night in my house like or nothing. In, right. <laughs> No, no, sir. They can't do that. That's but they right. welcome to come eat and hang out and have fun. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and see, also, and not to cut you off, yeah. the work that I do with these girls of human sex trafficking, many of them are lesbians. Of course. Are bisexual. Yeah. Because of all the trauma right, all and the all the pain. So, you know, I just think that it's an industry that has become acceptable. That's all. That's amazing. Yeah. I noticed that evil is running the world now, and good people who are on the side of good we are not really no play. speaking up. We don't up. get no play. None. No. And why don't the children of God speak up and be more I do, grand? all the time. Well, I can tell you do. <laughs> but, but what's wrong with all these men preachers? I and, don't know. And, and, it's been and, an uh, argument of mine, too, because it's like y'all not saying nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I don't even hear them uh, with all the looting and burning and destroying and destruction that robbing and stealing. I don't hear the, the preachers saying, no, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Cut this out. And when they, um, def when they go after the cop for doing their job, they would defend the criminals over the cops. Yeah. Defunded. Are you for defunding the cops? No. But we still need governance. What, that's right. What happened to the blacks that... We used to, I remember when I was growing up, they were uh, correct the criminal over the cop. Now they are correcting the cop over the criminal. <laughs> All in the name of Jesus. <laughs> what happened Again, to the church? Jesse, when money is put behind things, things change. Up. It's unfortunate. But I stand for what I believe regardless. And I do, I think that the law enforcement should be defunded. No, but I, what I do believe is that the law enforcement should be retrained I believe that law enforcement, either if they've been on the force for so many years or coming new to the force, that they should have a mental assessment, um, that, we, that they, we should be uh, clear on how they think before we put them into those patrol cars or on those bikes or whatever. So I feel that if we had no law enforcement, we would, the it'd communities would go crazy. It would be over. Yeah. Why don't they just teach the blacks how to be decent people again? When I was growing up, I wouldn't have, I've never ran from a cop or been arrested, but I wouldn't have thought of running from the cop when he tried to stop me. I would have stopped and followed the instructions. Or even if I had a criminal record, these people who are getting killed or hurt by cops, they are criminals, they they're drug addicts. Mm -hmm. they, they, but they're not being corrected. Why are they taught you don't run from the cops? So let's just take a little revisit of this because these are conversations I've had in the past before. Yeah. And we have to look at one 
the industry world, the music industry, the movie industry, all these movies that we um, can't vote on not to be released or not to be yeah. reduced. So when we look at a Boys in the Hood or My Brother or these different movies, Fallen Star and all these movies that come out, this is what is written and depicted. So when we as African Americans or Latinos, and we're going to the movie theaters or we're sitting in our homes every day watching TV, we're watching these things actually happen. So now we're picking up these behaviors that we're seeing, you know, F the police, get the police, yeah. run from the police. Oh, I'm going to live like I'm going to set up a trap house over here. I'm going to have a dope house over there. And, you know, so these are things that are um, a part of the environment, part of, you know, we call it generational curses where yeah. my mama's son did it, my uncle did it, my daddy did it, big mama did it, my auntie did it, so now we're going to do it. It goes along with the same thing of low-income housing and families living on, you know, DCFS money and, and public service money. Why? When you can go get a job. Yeah. You, it's no reason that you're doing the same thing. You're living in the same house that all your family lived in without a job. So I think it becomes like a generational thing. And we as as you were saying, we as the leaders, we as men and women of God should be able to have different um, opportunities within our church. We're like, hey, bring your family. Let's teach you how to do things different. Let's give you, you right. know, some type of job ex training and different things like that. So I just think that enough of us are not out there doing enough of the work that we're just turning a dead eye to what we see every day. Yeah, it's and, amazing. And, and also we black people that were raised differently, we move out of the hood. We yeah. don't stay in the hood. Yeah. So we say, oh, I got my new job. I got my business. I'm driving my Mercedes. I'm going to go live on top of the hill with the other people. So we, a lot of that is also we have to be accountable for because even if we decide to move up the hill, I still come down the hill to deal with right. these girls. Yeah. So if we have more of that, then we will probably see some change. Or if we had the family, you know, if men and women got married, they watch, live right before their children and guided them, we wouldn't have this happening either. Yeah, that's true. But you also have to look at the men and women that are married, that are married on paper, but are not married in front of their children. Right. They're not meaning they're not living right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, it's just a lot of different dynamics that we could look at. It's a mess. Uh, <laughs> It is. What do you think about the, uh, the black mothers who are telling their kids while they were growing up? Oh, when you go out there, watch out for the cops. The cops are going to kill you. I'm so scared for my baby. The cops gonna... Should they be telling their kids that and put that in their mind? Absolutely not. And I deal with that even with the girls in my own home. Oh, you know the police? Oh, I can't talk to you, Miss Deborah. Oh, you, you know a judge? Oh, I can't talk to you. I'm like, you will want to talk to me if I know, I know the police and the judge. I can help you. Yeah. So I think, again, these are just generational things, you know, as the kids are growing up because of whatever trauma that that family went through because you also have to understand, Jesse, in many of our urban communities, there's a 2% chance that the parents or siblings or other um, family members are incarcerated. Yeah, so they're going to automatically not want to deal with law enforcement and the courts. And, you know, they, I have 15-year-old girls that know how to give fake names. How do you know how to give a fake name at 15? <laughs> I'm telling you. That <laughs> is so true. That's amazing. It's amazing. And you have to redirect them like, no. Tell them, no, no, I'm going to give them a fake name. I said, so now you got a person going to jail 
and getting a warrant that don't even know they have one yeah. because you're giving somebody else's name and date of birth. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Well, that's what you're doing. Yeah. So we really have to, again, keep giving back and redirecting. It, it really takes us, like you were saying, the ones that know better. When you know better, you should automatically do better. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, your daughter, the, the lesbian. Mm -hmm. Lesbian. Mm -hmm. did, how did she become that way? She was turned out by one of the chefs that she oh, yeah, sous chef for when she And you she didn't got know about it. She didn't tell you about it. She she's a beautiful girl. So she was still doing the girly stuff. Right. And then when she um totally decided she was going to go live with the chef, that's <laughs> when she started cutting her hair wow. and you know, and I was looking like, why are you changing? Like you, you, and then I said, she was like, mom, I didn't want you to be upset because you're a pastor. I said, but you're still my daughter. You could have came to mom and talked yeah. to me about it. Yeah. And I started noticing like the older lady was the girl, but my daughter was coming like more on the aggressor side. Amazing. Yeah. What did her, how did her father deal with that when he found out? Oh, fine. Oh, he They're all still close. She still cooks for him. And everything. She's a chef. She goes and cooks and she does all our family events, everything. So do you believe that black people are cursed? No. But they always, not all of course, not all, not all, not all, but they're always on the totem pole. Always. Is that a curse or a blessing? I think it goes back to, um, I don't want to call it a curse or a blessing. I think it's a generational behavior from slavery. Um, and I think that it was a, it's something that was learned. But how could it be from slavery? I grew up under the Jim Crow law okay. in Alabama mm -hmm. on a plantation. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I used to pick cotton. Mm -hmm. You ever pick cotton? No, sir. You have not lived. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pick cotton, Jesse. You, you see ever these had nails? A, huh? These nails can't pick cotton. Oh, you're too precious. <laughs> You try to be like a white woman. No, 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 no. You, you got a piece no, of cotton. No, 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 but, no, no, But no. during the Jim Crow law, black people were decent. Right. They got married. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if, if a woman got pregnant out of wedlock, she would have mm -hmm. to go and hide it. Correct. Black people owned businesses and Absolutely. did well. Mm -hmm. So if it's from slavery, why did it well, not you're affect us after slavery? Well, no, you asked, do I feel um, black people are cursed? Right. So I'm saying I don't feel that. I think that the behaviors that we experienced were generated from generationally of our um, ancestors who were enslaved. So it's so even when we look at like certain ways we eat, I'm from the country. I didn't change my eating habits until I got older and started being around different people. Yeah. I grew up on hog moths yeah. and pigs feed and <laughs> collard greens with ham hocks. And now I wouldn't eat it at all because I'm like, my grandmother hungry. was trying to kill me. You're making me hungry. <laughs> Hot water, cornbread yeah, right. and, and, and crackling. Do you know how to cook all that stuff? I know how to cook everything. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, at least I you know how to cook, cook it, it, even though you don't eat it. it. I can bake, I can cook, I can do all that. But it's a lifestyle, so I think, again, it's something that we learned. It's a learned um, behavior, it's a learned. So people are going to treat you based on how what energy you're giving off, period. Because it, it doesn't make sense that some African Americans are treated different than others. But it seems to be a lack of care. Well, not seem to be. It's a lack of more character. Right. I notice that most black people today don't believe in God. A lot don't. They don't, even though they may go to church mm -hmm. and hoover holler, they don't have the moral values that we, we grew, grew up, up with. with. Yeah. Did that value disappear because of slavery? 
No. Or did it disappear because of the destruction of the family? No, I think that when anyone has too many different opportunities to explore, that it changes their beliefs. I have oh, I some see. I have some friends that are Buddhist. I'm like, why? Can you tell me about it? They can't. I know because the I Buddhist some guy is just some fat guy sitting up there doing nothing. <laughs> and you give them fruit and you money give, and stuff. Uh -huh, food and and money. then I have some friends that chant. And I'm like, well, what does that do for you? Oh, it's meditation, but what are you getting from it? Right. And then I have some friends that are atheists. And I'm a pastor, and I always tell people, let me explain something to you. You can't tell me you don't believe in God because you have to believe not to believe. Yeah. You have you believe to believe. In something. In, right. Yeah. So I just think. It's, we have too many choices and options. That's what I think. I noticed that, one other thing about that, I noticed that black men today, not on and on and on, black men act like women. A lot do. And not that they're gay, yeah. per se, but they, they have- They call a, it metrosexual. They have a mindset and emotions of a woman. They're angry, they're Emotional, overreactionary. Bipolar. They're of, yeah, what happened to them? The ones I know like that, because I know some. <laughs> 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 I can imagine. Yeah. Um, had very um, traumatic childhoods with their mom. Yeah. Uh, it came from a lot of mommy issues, yeah. abandonment, or some moms were uh, drug drug users, severe drug users. I have some friends that are, you know, 58, 59 that still cannot relate in a relationship because of things that they saw their mom do yeah. wasn't necessarily their, their dad because literally both of these male friends are close to their dad yeah. but the mom the 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 disadvantage of what they went through with their mother sent them into like an emotional tailspin yeah do you tell them how to get over that some listen some don't oh. so the ones that will listen of course you can talk to but some are just so set in this is how i'm gonna be it's like what do you do what do you tell them to do to get over it I just tell them to reconnect with their faith. And I'm one of those people I really like to inspire. So uh, even male or female, I'm always sending like a song or, you know, some type of scriptures or when I'm talking to them, I always am very encouraging and inspiring, reminding them of their gifts, who they are, to aspire towards goals, to change the way they used to be and try to do something different. And when you do that, you can see a difference happening in your life. We know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. That's so you got to sure. do something different. Yeah. Have you, so have you been born again? Um, I was baptized when I was seven, if uh, that's what you mean. So you're a Christian, right? I am a Christian and, believer. And, and how did you become a believer, a Christian believer? I was, well, my family's from, well, we were born in Little Rock, Arkansas, but our family is from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Mississippi, and my father's side is American Indian, born and raised on reservations Everybody in Oklahoma got a little City. Indian in them, Well, my father's full blood I, Indian. I got Indian too. Yeah, my father's uh, full blood Indian. You're not the only Indian. one with the Indian blood. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> my father was born and raised in a teepee, but he nevertheless, was? yeah, Amazing. on reservation. Um, before they put houses there, he lived in the teepee. Whoa. Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, culturally, I was raised with Christian faith. So it started with my grandparents and with my mom. My mom was a missionary, a mother, you know, mother in the church. 
She was on the missionary board. My mom was an Eastern star. My grandmother was an Eastern star. My grandfather was a Mason. They all grew up um, under Christian faith. So I think just, you know, listening to the gospel music, going to church as a child geared me into a deep-rooted um, Christian faith. So you grew up being a Christian mm -hmm. who believed in God. Right. Amazing. Believed in Jesus. Do you, do you still sin? I try not to. I haven't in a while, unfortunately. Unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten so good at not sinning. It's you know, it's unfortunate. And I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I'll be wanting to, but I just what don't. What do you be wanting to do at times? You know, just like hang out or go to the club, cuss, something fun. <laughs> and you do none of those things. No. But you want to. Sometimes. So you don't sin then. No, I don't say that because my thoughts could be a sin. You know, so I which can't say I don't sin. What type of sinful thoughts you have? Sometimes I have sexual sin sinful thoughts. Meaning what? I'm single. I be wanting to see a dude. You be wanting to have sex? Yeah. What the? Uh, and, and so it, be, it comes on your mind? Yeah. And what do you do about it? Nothing. Just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. How long are you going to last that long? So you got it's a long been, time to live. It's been eight years so far. You haven't had sex in eight years? What's that like? You just get used to it. It don't, it doesn't, like, and then I stay busy, so it keeps me together. So sometimes you can be walking down the road, and you see this man. No, I don't, be be like, no, I don't do that. You be like, Lord. No, I haven't I seen one yet. Mostly I like that. I haven't seen one yet. You don't? Mm-mm. I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen one yet, Jesse. You know what? Yeah, there are a lot of them out there. I haven't seen one yet. Not my type. I'm real picky. So you don't get with your ex sometimes? No, he's an ex. No, sir. What's wrong with he that? He got a girlfriend. Oh, he died? Mm. Oh, I see. But even if he didn't, I wouldn't. Why not? It's over. So you're not turned on at all by him? Not at all. He too old for you? No, he don't look old, but huh? he just, it's over. So if you were home one night and he came by. He's not going to come by. And y'all had some wine. He don't drink. And you look over there. Eh, no, no, no. Not going to happen. It won't happen. Mm -mm. Bad divorce. Oh, bad? Yeah. Meaning what? Just bad. Are you Democrat or Republican? I choose not to disclose. You, you want to disclose? Yeah. Um, what's your impression of Camilla Harris? I know her personally through my mentor. Oh, you know her? Mm -hmm. And what's your impression of her? Um, I choose not to disclose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this Jesse is a mess. <laughs> do like this if I'm right and like this if I'm right. I'm not going to do nothing but drink this water right here. <laughs> I see her as an evil empty shell. Am I wrong? Do this or that? Am I wrong? Um, you do understand I'm a pastor. Yeah. And that legally I cannot have a political conversation with you. Oh, you're not supporting it. Well, you're not pushing someone. Yeah, I'm not supporting, pushing, or disclosing. Oh, okay. You do vote, right? Yes. You do vote. Absolutely. Are you voting up or down? <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all put some tequila in my cup, please? You're not telling who you're voting for. You don't know what up and down mean, right? I know what up and down mean. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. 
And so you can't say if you voted up or down? No. But you're not, you, you allow as a minister to talk about, to, to election, but you my, can't, yeah. in your church, right. you're not allowed to push, promote someone. Right, right. And so if you told so me. You, so are you asking me personally? Yes, personally. I vote up. You vote up. Mm -hmm. Nice. I always have voted up. Oh, you always have? Mm -hmm. So you grew up that way? No. How did you become an upper? When I opened my first business at 21. That'll do it. That would absolutely do it. What would happen if your church knew you voted up? They know. They know? Mm -hmm. What did they think about it? I don't discuss it with them. Yeah, good. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my friends laugh at me all the time. I bet. They'd be like, oh, God, you got letters from that person? I'd be like, hey, that's my preference. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So I can imagine just knowing that then that you believe, you agree with me that this woman, Camilla, is an empty shell. Personally, not voting-wise. I wouldn't vote for her. You would not? Mm -mm. And why not? I just wouldn't. Yeah. Amazing. I understand the rest. We black, so we know how to communicate just through the skin color. <laughs> and I, I mean, if my mentor heard me and saw me, he'd probably be mad, but he knows how I feel, though. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, black people voted up. Mm. That only changed with the civil rights movement mm. when they went down. When they went down. Yeah, we gotta... I have arguments over it all the time because I always say to people, do you know what that Democrat means? Yeah. Do you know what the word is a... Greek word, do you know what it means? And they'd be like, no, I mean, I said it means rule over people. So you should know what you're assigning up for before you just call yourself something. You should know what it means. Yeah. And I, they said, well, what does Republican mean? I said for people. Yes. So you yeah, have to deep. know what you're doing. You have to know why you're doing it. You can't just, you know, be doing it because that's what everybody else around you is doing. Most black people don't read, though. They don't they find don't. out for themselves. Mm -mm. I know I used to be a Democrat, but when mm -hmm. God changed my heart, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't vote for the Democratic Party anymore. So I read the platform of the Republican Party, mm -hmm. and you're right about what you said. And I read the platform of the Democratic Party, and I had to go back and go. I'm like, it's God. all reform. Yeah. I'm and like, they God. don't know that. I'm like, God, forgive me. I, I had no idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think said, it's all, all right. taught. It's all generational. It yeah. still goes back to generational things. Yes. Um, I call the president the great white hope. No, no. That's my name for him. Okay. He's a great white hope. Okay. He's not afraid. It doesn't matter He's what color afraid. you are. He's a bully. Man or female, male or female. He don't care. He'll tell you the truth, whether you like well, it or not. I don't not. know if it's the truth, but. He'll speak up to you. Yeah. And I like that. That's the way people should be. I like the party. I don't know how I feel about the president. You love him. Mm. We'll talk when the, light, when the camera goes out. <laughs> I know you love him. Because you like real men, so I know you uh, love this one. Is he real? You know he's real. He's so funny. Right? Did you, um, uh, so you can't talk about, I wanted to ask you about that. Mm. About, so let me ask, what is a man? Not, other than the body parts, what's a man? For me, I believe that the male is to lead even when he's not leading. Um, those are a lot of the conversations that I have 
um, with a lot of women that I counsel that are married. Yeah. I believe that over the years, and I'm not, I'm not against women reform. I'm not against, you know, the women are catching up with the men. Like I, I'm, that's fine if that's, but for me, I just want to still be a female with my male. I don't want to rule my male. Even if I'm making more money than him, I still want him to be the decision maker. I still want right him on. to feel that he is the man. So I think that a real man or a real male is able to adjust even when it's not in his favor and he can still stand up and be the male right in on. the position of whatever it is, whether it's a business or a marriage, a relationship, and then be the one to not be as emotional. What I notice now a lot is a lot of men are very emotional when very it comes to decision-making and different things like that, which is not healthy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I was just talking to a friend the other day and she was like, oh yeah, um, I just met this guy and he, he called me the other day and he was like, oh, his car was down, could he use my car to work? I said, that's not a man. That's right. I said, because a real man gonna figure out how to get there without get your car. Done. He gonna figure out if he gotta take the bus, ride a bike, you know, take an Uber, fix the, <laughs> fix the car himself. Yep. She was like, oh, Reverend Deborah, I didn't think about that. I said, a man's gonna handle his business. That's regardless, right. he's gonna lead regardless. That's amazing. And what is love? Love is an emotion. Emotion? Yeah. Meaning what? Period. An emotion. Love is emotion. So I got to ask you this, and then I got to put you on the hot seat. Oh, you already did three times, but I'm, <laughs> we might as well keep going. <laughs> um, how do, there are a lot of black people who watch my show as well. Mm -hmm. How can they turn around, stop blaming white people, stop begging, stop all the violence, stop the anger and destruction? How can they turn that around? They can be more productive. Um, like we were saying earlier before, it doesn't make sense that some African-Americans or blacks are treated different than others. For me, it was, I was always determined to have what I knew I wanted regardless yes. of my color. That's right. Um, I never allowed for people to say, oh, you're black, so you can't do that. That's right. I was the one that would knock on doors to ask to help my business even when I knew you would say no you know to get in this business the work that I do is a multi-billion dollar industry so you don't see a lot of black people in it right and I never took no for an answer I never gave up to That's the point right. that those same white people that were blackballing me not speaking to me saying where did this lady come from oh here she comes again are now like my friends so I think that when you are determined and people see that you're not going to give up, that you are educated, that you don't come with a hand out, you're yeah. looking for a hand, just for a hand. I don't need a hand out or a hand up. I just need your hand. Yeah. If you give me your hand and my hand, then we can figure this out together. And I think that that has a lot to do with it, that you have to really have a plan and you don't need money to start your plan. You don't have yeah, to ask right. for people for money to start your plan. You should just get in the game and start working it and people I think it's really about earning the respect of who you are as a black person when people see you coming and know that you're not begging and know that you're going to be about your business yeah. they're going to respect you that makes so much sense you know you want your kid for a round if they beg it all the time mm -hmm. I don't no, my people know don't even call me that's right <laughs> That's right. So I got to put you on the hot seat. Okay. And uh, I need you to answer these questions oh, Lord. as quickly as possible. Okay. Yes or no questions? Yes. 
True or far, yes or no. Okay. All right. The hot seat. True or false, straight white Christian males are the most hated species on this side of heaven. False. Do you support Islam? Yeah, I'm true. You do? Mm-hmm. Uh, should sex be saved for marriage? No, I wish no. No? <laughs> To bring back the old covenant. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yes or no? He told me to be honest. That's amazing. <laughs> and I want to bring back the old covenant. You want sex out of wedlock without being married? Well, if you bring it back to the old covenant, once you have sex with the person, you in a relationship with them now. Amazing. Was Jesus white? False. To me, is Cardi B Cardi B a good role model for women? No. Should Trump appoint a pro-life Supreme Court justice? Yes. Is the angry black woman stereotype a myth or reality for African American women? Yeah, a myth. So I don't think it's a reality because all black women are not angry. Not all, not all, not all, but most. Mm -hmm. No, not most of them either. Let me ask you one quick question. I wanted to ask you during the discussion there. Um, is it hard for a man to deal with you? Let's say a man was living with you or married to you, y'all were in a relationship. Are you hard to deal with? Uh, no. You will obey your husband? Absolutely. If he's doing it right, yeah. What do you mean if he's doing it right? If he's treating me the way, like, it's, it, I think it's like a blessing and a curse to be a woman that will really allow your husband to be your husband, but still um, feed into him and give him what he needs to be a better man. Yeah. All the men um, that I have dated in the past before I just went straight celibate was like, Deborah, you're too addicting. You're too powerful for me. I can't deal with you. I'd rather have a woman that's weaker. Really? Mm -hmm. Amazing. So that's why I'm single. And I submit to my man. I cook clean, do all the good stuff, but a I, lot of, a lot of men don't want that. I they like the do. drama and I the bet you do do all the good stuff. You want the Old Testament back. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Is abortion ever okay? Um, well, considering I had an abortion before, I would say yes. Um, Am I for it? It's just kind of weird. It's like an oxymoron. I'm really not. But um, I think that it's a choice based on that person's situation. I don't think people should use it for birth control. Right. Um, but if there's a person that was maybe raped or assaulted, um, in my case, that was the similar situation, I don't think I would have been able to bore a child with that type of trauma. Why did you have an abortion? It was through a... Uh, a relationship that shouldn't have happened. Oh, I see. Yeah. Were you growing up, with, like, when you were a teenager, were you kind of fast? No. You want to fast? Well, no, girl? not till I turned 18. Before that, I was a good girl. But you turned, you got, you became a fast girl at 18? I met a drug dealer in my neighborhood, and he became my boyfriend, so I used to run around with him every day. I can see you doing that, too. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he turned me out, Jesse. He did? <laughs> yeah, he was spoiling me. Wow. Buying me gifts, giving me cars, taking me to fancy restaurants. And you were loving it, huh? Loved it. He's the one that introduced me to, like, uh, upper lifestyle. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Where is he now? 
He around. You still see him? He did 22 years, and when he came out, we reconnected, but we're just friends. Oh, I see. Yeah, he was my first love. Should a woman be in politics? Yes. Uh, are millennials selfish? Absolutely. Wow, thank you so much. You're welcome. That was amazing. Thank you for dealing with the hot seat, and I really appreciate you coming. Tell the folks how to, your website, or whatever information you want to give out. We are in the middle of building the new website. The Once it's going live, it will be the org. but I can be reached on Facebook, Snap, uh, not Snap, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under my name, Deborah Manns, D-E-B-O-R-A-H-M-A-N-N-S. And um, I always give out my direct cell phone number, which is 310-270-7520. Or anyone can email me. It's my first initial last name, dmans, with an S, at the org. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you, you are Jesse. very unique amongst the black women. <laughs> I hear that from time to time. That is for real. Thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Don't forget to like, follow, share. Sunny, ring the bell for notifications. And also check out our merch. We have some brand new stuff up there. It's amazing. And let me hear from you, all right? Thank you very much. Thank you again. Thank you. Amazing. Next time on The Fallen State. Why did you pick you? Us being Israelites is not something that we chose to be. It's who we were born as. Our identity was just taken away from us. Then you had some free men like W.E. Du Bois. But he was a communist. You, you shouldn't like him. He hated his country. He moved to Africa. He was a loser. But what country did he hate? America. What's wrong with that? If you are the Jews, you can't hate because you represent God and God is not of hate. We celebrate a Passover every year, which is about the death of Egyptian babies. Is that love or hate? But original Jews is an improper context you keep using. And I know you black and slow. Did they bring you here from Israel? Or did they bring you here from Africa? The common misnomer is that black people sold black people. No, it's not. That's true. No, I know for a fact it's true. that we've helped has decided that he was going to do a donation fund. He said that he would match up to $30,000. So I need your help. I need your help. I need you to run to rebuildademand.com or call 800-411-BOND and help us match this donation to $30,000 and beyond. We are a nonprofit. We've been around for 30 years. We're helping men and women around the world. We tutor, we counsel, we have an entrepreneur program. I help people on the radio and on the Fall Estate newsletter that we put out three times a year. We're doing it. So we have helped you, now I need your help. And you need to hurry up and do it so we can get it done, all right? I really, really, really appreciate it.